Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you turn in your Bible to Ruth, chapter 2, as we continue to study this wonderful passage that the Lord has preserved for us so that we can, we can have it for all time and be able to learn. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you love us so much that after having saved us, you started on the work to transform us, to change us from what we were, as the hymn says, to change us for what we are to what we should be. Then, Lord, we, we will give you the thanks one day for having worked in our hearts. We know, Lord, that you do this work through your word. Your word is a transforming word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so now, Lord, together as we present our hearts to you, do your work through your word as we study and depend on you to transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. And Naomi had a kinsman and of her husbands, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Eli Melech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto him, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her half was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Eli Melech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It's the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued, even from morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from thence, but abide here, fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, Go thou after them, for are not I have charged the young man that they shall not touch thee. And when thou art thirsty, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young man have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground and said, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I'm a stranger? Boaz answered and said to her, It hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father, thy mother, the land of thy nativity, and are come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, a full reward. 
be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, and thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. Now, in our study of Ruth here, we have been following this man, Boaz. And in verse four, as he returned home from Bethlehem, and he, we watched Boaz. It's interesting for us because we saw him as he comes, he greets the reapers there, and the first words out of his mouth are a prayer. He prays for his workers. As soon as he sees them, he offers a prayer for them. We saw Boaz pray in verse two that the Lord would be with his reapers, with his workers. And then we saw how this encouraged his workers to pray for Boaz so that the Lord would bless him. So then we watch Boaz go on. Sorry, verse four. We watch Boaz go on in verses five through seven as he learned from his foreman about this Moabite woman that had come to his field. Her name was Ruth. And so then we came to verse eight to this momentous time when Boaz then speaks directly to Ruth. And as he did that, we felt the fear, the anxiety, the anticipation that was in Ruth's heart as she faced with this question, is Boaz going to accept me? Is Boaz going to reject me? I am. I cannot change the fact that I am a despised Moabite. But in verse 8, we felt the joy and the relief as Ruth heard this most accepting word she could have heard from Boaz when he addressed her with the most comforting, the most wonderful words she could have heard, which was simply, verse 8, then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou not my daughter? He said, my daughter, my daughter, go not to glean another field. We felt the encouragement just well up inside of Ruth. And we could just imagine that she said to herself, what? Did he just call me my daughter? Does he really accept me as if I was his daughter? And we felt this relief as she said, at long last, she thought, I found a person in Israel who accepts me. And who looks beyond the fact that I'm a Moabite. And then we felt this assurance as Ruth heard Boaz give her specific instructions as to what she's to do. He starts off with, neither go from hence. These are his neither go from hence instructions in verses 8 and 9. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean another field. Neither go from hence. Abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. Go thou after them. I charge the young man. They won't touch you. And when you're thirsty, go to those vessels. Those young men, those young men that I'm holding back from touching you, they're drawing you water. And we felt with Ruth as she heard how Boaz gave all these specific instructions of which field she's to work in, the same fields that his maidens work in, where in the fields she is to work, right alongside his maidens, what to do when she's thirsty. Go to those vessels the young men have filled up. They filled it up for you. And we felt this sense of security for Ruth as she felt, as she heard Boaz assure her, I am providing for your safety. I've commanded the young man not to touch you. And what was so clear to Ruth is that Boaz was really, really treating her on the same level as, and the same honor as if she was his daughter. And we put ourselves in the position of Ruth and we're hearing all these words from Boaz. It's amazing. And then we saw how just grace just flows to her from Boaz as she understood how Boaz has really taken the time to study her situation and her needs. And then he's worked to provide for them. 
And so he felt with Ruth all this gratitude just well up in her when she says in verse 10, when it says about her in verse 10, she falls on her face, she bows herself to the ground, she says to him, why, why, why have I found this grace in your eyes? You should take knowledge of me, I'm a stranger. And there were those, these were Ruth's first words to Boaz. And her first words to Boaz are a question. Why have I found all this grace? And we saw how Boaz gave the reason. He said, I'll tell you. I have heard all that you've done. You've done so much. He says, for your mother-in-law, he put it this way. It hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law. And from what Boaz has said, we learn that that impressed him how much she has taken care of her mother-in-law and how much it cost her to take care of her mother-in-law, Naomi. In verse 11, Boaz answered and said to her, it but fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, how thou hast left thy father, thy mother, the land of thy nativity, come to a people which thou knowest not. See, we saw in verse 11 how Boaz, he emphasized this word, all. He says, I come to learn all. And it seems like he knew everything about Ruth and all that it had cost her and what she had done in order to take care of her mother-in-law, Naomi. See, Boaz told Ruth he was aware of how when Ruth was grieving through her own personal pain of having her husband die, she reached out to take care of Naomi. He learned that Boaz told her, he said, I know of how you endured your own personal pain of leaving your father, leaving your mother, leaving all that's familiar to you so that you could take care of Naomi. He says, I know, I'm aware of how you endured your own personal fears of coming as an outcast to a foreign people so that you could take care of Naomi. And so he's saying, now I'm gonna take care of you. And so then Boaz recites what he calls in verse 11, all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law, and then he breaks into the spontaneous prayer for Ruth when he says in verse 12, the Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. That's a prayer. The, the Lord recompense thy work is Boaz's prayer for Ruth. And as we see Boaz, he's breaking into these spontaneous prayers you know, he's breaking into spontaneous prayer for Ruth. He's breaking into spontaneous prayer for his workers in verse four, the Lord be with you. We see clearly, Boaz was a man of spontaneous prayer. I mean, we wanna get to know this man, Boaz. He's a man of spontaneous prayer. These spontaneous prayers of Boaz show us that Boaz has a life of prayerfulness. And as we see that Boaz had a life of prayerfulness, we say, I want that. I want that life of prayerfulness that Boaz had. So we ask the question, what is the secret of his life of prayerfulness? And that's what we want to think about today. The secret of Boaz's life prayerfulness. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, he told us what the secret is, and you might want to turn to this, Luke 11, 9 through 11. Luke 11, 9 through 11 is where the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, I want to explain to you the secret of a life of prayerfulness. I want to tell you why Boaz was the man of prayerfulness. Here's the elements. So the Lord Jesus Christ tells us the secret in Luke 11, 9 through 13, as we read. And I say unto you, ask, it shall be given you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, 
it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? See, the key to Boaz's life of prayerfulness is tied up in these three simple words, ask, seek, knock. And what we see in those three simple words of ask, seek, knock is a progression. It's a clear progression. In ask, seek, knock, we see a progression. It's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. At the first level of intensity, I simply ask in prayer. Then I go further and I mount up to the second level of intensity, which is where I seek in prayer. Then I go further still, and I go up to the third level of intensity, which is where I knock in prayer. Now, what are these three increasing levels of intensity of prayer, of ask, seek, and knock? See, what is this first level of intensity of prayer, of asking? Asking is the simplest form of prayer. It is just making requests. You know, at Wednesday night prayer meeting, I love to hear David Hall pray. I do, Dave. I love to hear you pray. Because when David starts to pray, he always says this, now, Father, we are praying for this. That's how he does it. And then what's so wonderful is that he doesn't just read off the list, but he goes into a depth and he says, now, Father, this is the problem, as if God didn't know. But nevertheless, he tells him that. Here's the problem. And then he says, he says, we are asking for this. That's an art. That's an art of requesting. It's the art of specifically stating the problem and being specific in the request to God. You know, it's the, it's the question, what is the problem? What's the issue? And what are we asking God to do? And we see Boaz, he's exercising this art of asking. He stated specifically that Ruth has left all, Father, and she's destitute now taking care of Naomi. And so he specifically states the request to God, would you please recompense her work and give her a full reward? That's the art of seeing a problem, boiling it down to clearly state what the problem is and clearly state what God is being asked to do. This prayer here, this level of prayer, this asking level of prayer is described in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's the first level of prayer. That's asking. It's called, let your requests be made known unto God. See, asking requires a clear statement of the problem, a clear request. What is God being asked to do? That's why the Lord Jesus Christ, he asked the blind man, stay clearly. Stay clearly what you want me to do. In Mark 10, 51, then Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Okay, then he got his sight. He sees the dangers. He sees the troubles in our lives. And he's a hard worker. He is a faithful high priest. He's doing the work of intercession for us right now to save us. That's the work of him being our advocate of pleading for us, of arguing the merits of his cross. He's carrying his cross before the Father. He's arguing the merits of his cross to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness as the promise is in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we pray in Jesus' name, 
We're looking at the present. We're looking at the future in his work of intercession. And when we pray in Jesus' name, we're trusting him to now and in the future take our feeble prayers and present them to the Father as our representative. As our representative before the Father, he's now our lawyer. He's our lawyer. He's our advocate. He argues for us before the Father. So when we pray in Jesus' name, it doesn't mean we just say three words in Jesus' name. At the end of our prayers, it means to pray in Jesus' name means that we think. We consciously think about his cross work in the past, and that made us accepted, and that put away our sins, and then we think, right now, he's taking my request, he's taking, he's presenting them, he's my representative before the Father, he's my lawyer. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we look at the past work of the cross for our acceptance, and we look at the present and the future work of his intercession to make our prayers effective and to save us. In addition to praying in Jesus' name, he gave us one other instruction when we pray, and we see this, we see Boaz following this when we look at verse 12. When Boaz says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. When he said that, under whose wings thou art come to trust. And he said, full reward, because in essence she ran under the wings of God. He's thinking about something. He's got something on his mind. Boaz has something on his mind when he says that. He has the word of God on his mind. He has the wings. He's thinking about what Moses wrote, about the protective wings over the mercy seat. And God had said about the mercy seat of the ark in Exodus 25, 20, the cherubim shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings and their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. So completely over the mercy seat of this upper lid of the ark are these wings of the cherubims. They're protecting, protecting wings. So Boaz is thinking of what happened there. What happens there on that mercy seat, on that lid of the ark? Well, Moses said in Exodus 25, 22, God said, there I will meet with thee. I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things that I'll give commandment. So when Boaz says, God should give you, Ruth, a full reward because you come to trust under the wings of God, he's referring to the description of the mercy seat in the word of God. That shows us something. It shows Boaz was a person who was full of the word of God. And he used the word of God in his prayers. That's the instruction the Lord Jesus Christ gives us in John 15, 7. If ye abide in me and my words, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's what my words abide in you, ye shall ask and it shall be done. What do we need as we pray? His words to abide in us. Why do we need his words to abide in us? Because God uses his word to transform us. We each need our hearts to be a home for God's word. Our heart, home for God's word. How do we make our heart the home for God's word? By resolving to learn it by reading it. By resolving to find our delight in it by meditating on it. 
by resolving to obey it, by opening our hearts, letting it search us, letting it convict us, letting it correct us. Then our will gets in alignment. God's will is over here. The alignment means go like this. <laughs> Doesn't mean this. <laughs> okay. In alignment, see? We can only pray in the will of God when we make our hearts a home for God's word. Our heart, the Bible's home. That's what he meant by my words abide in you. Our heart, not the home for TV programs. Our heart, a home for God's word, the Bible. When Boaz prayed, verse 12 for Ruth, Boaz was saying, oh God, you said that a person comes to meet you under the wings. And that when a person does that, he gets a full reward of protection under the wings and provision. There was a pot of manna there. So based on your word, I'm praying this for Ruth. See, when Boaz prayed for Ruth, he was in essence saying to God, God, my authority when I come to you in prayer for Ruth is that I'm bringing your own word with me. I've got it with me. So like Boaz, we bring the Bible. We bring God's word when we pray. We pray God's book. We pray with God's book as our authority. That's the first level of intensity, which is to ask. But now we move on to another intensity, the second level intensity, which goes beyond asking, and that's to seek. That's a deeper level. See, in the Bible, asking is associated with things. I ask for things. I ask for situations to be resolved. I ask for this and that. Those are things. But seeking is always associated with a person. See, when they came to seize the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, whom seek ye? See, Moses told Israel to seek the Lord in Deuteronomy 4.29 when he said, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. See, King David, he told Israel to seek the Lord in 1 Chronicles 22.19. 1 Chronicles 22.19, he said, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. See, 1 Chronicles 16.11, he said, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. See, God told Israel through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29.13, and ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. So to seek refers to seeking God. In this deeper level of prayer, we're not happy with just answers. Answers aren't enough. We need God. We need the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And when Boaz prayed for Ruth in verse 12, he didn't just pray to a nebulous God away up there. Boaz used the specific name for God. He prayed to Jehovah. And Boaz was praying to Jehovah Jesus when he said, the Lord recompense thy work. And then when Boaz put the names together in verse 12, oh, he was specific. When he said, the Lord God of Israel, he used the name of Jehovah first, and then he used the God's name for the Trinity, Elohim. So Boaz was praying to Jehovah Jesus, the second person of the Elohim Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Boaz was filled with an interest in the person of Jehovah Jesus because he set his heart to seek Jehovah Jesus. And when we go to this level of seeking prayer, we're looking to get close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Answers aren't enough. We don't just want an answer. 
We want to know the person more. We want to know the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We want to know the one who answered our prayer. We want to know that the one who is answering our prayer is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to know him better. We are driven by the needs that we ask for to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see this progression of asking prayer to seeking prayer. And you see this progression so clearly in what happened to Jacob in Genesis 32. In Genesis 32, he just got the news. Esau, your brother, the one who you last heard had vowed to murder you, looks like it's going to happen. He's coming with 400 men, so get ready for the slaughter of you. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher Tom Cantor in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship. 